The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. When you get to meet the keynote speaker, referred to by some as the guru, the new guru, and then you get to have them in your presence, or your virtual presence. That's what today is. Fireside Chats Without the Fires with a sensational guest, the one and only Micah Solomon. Micah, are you out there with us? Am I what? Are you out here with us? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Beautiful. My head is swelling, Neil. <laughs> we are proud to have you finally with us, audience. This has been a labor of love, being able to find, identify, track down, and get Micah on the show, and we did it, and it's going to be sensational. It is a pleasure to have you. Audience, I am Neil Toff, co-creator, co-host of Fireside Chats Without the Fires, and joined by co-host, co-creator extraordinaire, Paul. Paul, are you out there? I am out here, Neil. Hi, everybody. Hi, Micah. Thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I am beyond excited to get to get this up and running. Um, I, I really don't have the words. I'm just going to hand it over to you. <laughs> try harder. <laughs> I'll just sit in the background and, and try to look pretty and drink my tea. But um, yeah, this is going to be off the charts. Yeah, Paul. No pressure. Paul was worried. We didn't think he was British enough. So he has a tea bag dangling out of his mug so we can all there be we go. sure. Just to prove it. <laughs> so shouldn't you be using the shouldn't you be using the leaves? The leaves. The leaves. Oh uh, yeah. The purest. For the purest among us. Absolutely. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the audience, Micah Sullivan is one of today's best known customer service and customer experience consultants. He's known as the customer service turnaround expert the person whom companies in every industry call on to transform their customer service and build a true customer service culture. Micah's best-selling books have translated in more than half a dozen languages and are the recipients of multiple awards. Mike is a senior contributor to Forbes, and I'm gonna interrupt my own intro here. Read his stuff on Forbes, it's really good. Pick up a copy, subscribe, it's online, it's there, it's available, and he usually posts it on LinkedIn, it's great stuff. And his expertise has been featured in Inc. Magazine, Bloomberg Business Week, CNBC, the Harvard Business Review, New York Times, and the Washington Post. The most recent book is Ignore Your Customers. And those that are watching on the video, here it is. You get it right in the camera angle. There it is. I think you better get the subtitle in there, Neil, or they'll think we're horrible people. Ignore your customers, and they'll go away. The simple playbook for delivering the ultimate customer service experience comma, a new bestseller from HarperCollins Leadership. Also, get this one. It's great. It's a, it's a really great one. A business leader and entrepreneur himself, Micah built his own company into a market leader in manufacturing and was also an early investor in the technology behind Apple's Siri. And we're going to ask about that one. Please give a great warm welcome to Micah Solomon, the one and only Micah. Again, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you here. Well, thank you so much, Dale. Thank you, Paul. So, Micah, of the trillion things that we could possibly ask you about customer service, and I promise you we're not going to ask about work from home and COVID and, and, and all those crazy things. Let's focus a little bit on the book because the book is just, um, for, for me, there's some amazing insights in here. There are 
ideas. There are things that are thought provoking and that things that as I read them, I wasn't necessarily thought I would be in agreement with, but you challenged my thinking in that. And that's, that's great. I think that's what maybe as an author you, you set out to do. There's some really groundbreaking stuff in here, terms, concepts, examples that I love. So you've written a number of books on customer service before. Why did you decide to write this particular book? And why is it important right now? Customer service is the new marketing period. The old marketing is very important as well. But what's changed since the Mad Men era where you could hire Don Draper or Peggy Olson, the real life equivalent of them, and they could turn out this amazing marketing that would literally convince you that smoking was good for your throat, that lucky strikes were uh, recommended by doctors to make your throat feel better. Uh, we've gotten more skeptical. And so that kind of marketing only works if it matches our experience as consumers or matches what our friends say or matches what we hear online. So the most important kind of marketing right now is number one, to have a product or service that works, but number two, to have an exceptional customer experience supporting that product. So the book is up to the minute on how to do that. And of course, it also includes many classic concepts because customer service or what you might think of even as hospitality is also in a sense timeless, but it's just become more important. So you mentioned hospitality um, and one of the book, one of the examples in your book is not hospitality. Well, there's tons of examples of that, but there's one that really resonated with me and I happen to be a customer, but more, more importantly, a subset of customer, a patient of. You give the example of Cleveland Clinic uh, in, in one of your chapters towards the end of the book. And it was so interesting to me of thinking about patient experience and customer experience. And can you really bring the examples of customer experience into patient experience? And, and you do, and you made me think like, wait a minute, why do I come to this place called Cleveland Clinic? What is it about this place? I don't need to be here. I can just go to the doctor's office. And you described some things in there about what the Cleveland Clinic is doing to alter in a favorable way the experience of people who, before they come through the, the clinic's doors, the pre-experience and the experience once they're there. And I thought that was so interesting to have gone off the beaten path just a bit into an industry that most people don't reference when they talk about customer experience. Just throwing the, the curveball at you here. Anything, you know, comments on that whole concept of um, uh, what goes into making the customer experience uh, memorable, but beyond the beaten path, beyond the stuff of just a great product. You mentioned things like uh, being able to make the appointment and the concept of uh, the brand valuing time. If you could speak to that one a little bit. <laughs> How about that That's one for a few mouthful? questions oh. in one? You, you want to add even one more at the end there? <laughs> we'll wait till the end. I'll let you hopefully can, can, can give us All a right, so, so patient experience is what customer service is called in the medical industrial complex. And Cleveland Clinic has done many things to improve it. The one that I highlighted in the book was this concept that I have called the cliff of dissatisfaction. And the cliff, cliff of dissatisfaction is a proprietary 
uh, Starbucks metric, in fact, and it's how long it takes until a Starbucks customer or someone who wants to be a Starbucks customer grows dissatisfied with how long it's taking. So it's just, you know, maybe they'll still buy the latte, but they're like, darn it, next time I'm going to maybe brew it at home because that just took too long. So Starbucks strives to never have it take too long. And if it is taking too long, they brought in a really impressive uh, mobile app uh, initiative. And if it's still too long on one particular corner, it guides their expansion plans. As you may have noticed, they build one on the next corner over. So this started with Starbucks, but as far as the cliff of dissatisfaction applies to the Cleveland Clinic, if you call today before 4 p.m. Eastern time, so uh, you have an hour or two to do this. Now, this may not work during COVID. So guys, don't do this as a, as a test. But in normal times, if you call Cleveland Clinic before 4 p.m. Eastern time, where they're located in the Eastern time zone, the phone the message you'll get from a human being on the phone will be, thank you for calling Cleveland Clinic. Would you like to be seen today? And this is really radical because the only way usually to get seen today is either to limp into an ER uh, or more commonly to go to these uh, urgent care clinics. What my family who are other than me are all in the medical field what they disparagingly call Dr. Smith's House of Approximate Medicine. So you go there not because they necessarily have the best doctors. The doctor might be fine. Certainly not because they have the specialists that a place like Cleveland Clinic has, but because it's convenient and because the urgent care clinics have figured out how to work with us as modern consumers. So Cleveland Clinic started to think, well, why are we losing people like Neil to Dr. Smith's House of Approximate Medicine on the corner when we can offer these services. And the reason was that a couple years ago before they started this initiative, if you tried to get seen today, you would basically be laughed out of the joint. You would be told the kind of doctor you wanna see, it's gonna be a couple weeks or a couple months because that was normal in their high-end industry. But they changed everything around. Now, if you call in and you say, I have a headache, you're not going to see a neurologist right away, probably. Probably you're going to see a headache specialist, a nurse with special training. However, if you answer certain questions, they'll do the triage right on the phone. If you answer certain questions a certain way, for example, if you say, this is the worst headache I've had in my life. Guys, again, do not try this as a test, but that can mean, and I am not licensed as a physician, but... I understand that that can mean that there is some chance that you are experiencing or about to experience an aneurysm. So in that case, you will see a neurologist that day. Or if your doctor, your local garden variety doctor thinks there's a chance you might have a brain tumor and, and recommended you call Cleveland Clinic, again, you're going to see a neurologist, even a neurosurgeon that same day. Now to pull this off took complete overhaul of many of the systems at the Cleveland Clinic, and it had a whole lot of institutional pushback, and it's not perfect, but it was the idea of putting the customer, in this case, the patient first, and then working backward from then, there. It's fascinating. By the way, 
so I am a, a patient of the Cleveland Clinic. I am also a patient or a customer of the, what was the name? Dr. Smith's House of... Approximate medicine. medicine. Approximate <laughs> medicine, thank you. So I, I know as a, as a uh, customer, you know, when I think it's something serious, I go to the Cleveland Clinic. When I've got something like a strep throat or something that can be basically treated, I go to Walgreens, I'm in South Florida. I go to the Walgreens oh. Minute Clinic. But what's interesting and in why I mention it is, I wanna draw a parallel. Really all that Minute Clinic is, is a contact center and I'll explain. Oh, the process of you set up for an appointment. I have never been a hundred percent sure. Is it a minute clinic or is it a minute clinic? <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's a good one. A really little bit. I guess minute because it rhymes. What, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, it sounds like it's minute to me rather than minute. All right. <laughs> so check this out. So you go in there and you're seen by a nurse practitioner, not a doctor, a nurse practitioner. That's pretty the cool. The nurse though. practitioner is sitting but it's fine. Nurse practitioner is sitting behind a computer and starts to read a script of questions. And the script that is on that desktop computer is all it is is a contact center script. The same contact center script that an agent in a call center reads when you call in for some, your standard customer service. What the script has, it's dynamic. So if you answer yes to this question, it takes the nurse practitioner one way. If you answer no, it takes the nurse practitioner the other way until the nurse practitioner gets to a basic diagnosis that you have, fill in the blank, strep throat, because you've answered in a certain way to certain types of questions. And then the nurse practitioner, this is where I'm a little bit lost, but the nurse practitioner either knows because of their training or the script may say, the appropriate uh, uh, recommendation here is to get a prescription for uh, such and such antibiotic. And by the way, there it's all done right there. It's an amazing, experience it's it it's it's resolution based because it does resolve or mostly resolve the reason why you came in it's done in a short period of time but it has principles of a contact center hmm. just saying well let's a nurse practitioner is a nurse who is so trained that she or he can prescribe medication so let's don't discount that but i uh but of course, you know, making things more systematic is is often a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I am amazed, though, at the numbers of times that I will prescribe <laughs> that I've had horrible illnesses based on uh, following uh, Mayo Clinics or whatever's uh, questionnaires online. And then my doctor knows right away it's it's something else. So so uh, there there is, you know, there is a little bit of uh, the uh, Malcolm Gladwell blink theory that that if you really know your stuff, then your gut reactions may be better than a, a lay person uh, reading, reading up on something. So, but absolutely. So we talked, we gave the example of the Cleveland Clinic from your book as an example of a company that is doing something right in customer service. What are companies getting wrong about customer service today? It's a lot of little things that add up. I would say three of the big ones are the cliff of dissatisfaction, which we talked about, not realizing when their customers are dissatisfied based on time. A little, any of you with a smaller company, here's a little test you can do today. You don't even have to hire me to do it. Fill out your uh, web-based inquiry form. Hey, I'm interested in finding out about blah, blah, blah. When does it get answered? I'm gonna predict never. Many companies seem to think never works just fine for customers. 
it's a mystifying thing. So people falling off the cliff of dissatisfaction and not and never becoming customers or becoming uh, disenchanted customers is a big one. Not hiring the right people, not training those people right, uh, not hiring me to train them, not uh, celebrating them when they do something right. And I think also being unaware of how much has changed uh, in our digitally driven and social me social media uh, enhanced world. So those are three of them. Super. By the way, chapter 10, the cliff of dissatisfaction. I happen to have my bookmark right in there to some really good stuff in, in that particular chapter. I, I, thank you for that. Um, and that's right before you get to the ominously named chapter 11. <laughs> chapter 11. Try to stay <laughs> out of that, that chapter. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Uh, how has customer service changed over time? And what do you think customers expect today? And by the way, today, you know, we can attach a little asterisk to it. Today is just kind of in general, but is it pre-COVID? Is it now mid-COVID or whatever this crazy stage is that we're in? Um, what do they expect today, given where we're at? What do customers of today, mid-COVID, expect? Things that have changed. First of all, a lot hasn't changed. Uh, customers still want the following basics. They want a perfect product or service. They want it provided in a friendly manner. They want it on time. They also, because things will go wrong, they want your organization to have the support of a service recovery framework, uh, which I offer in my book or most most good and certainly most great companies have one of their own. Marriott has one that I think spells heart. Uh, the Broadmoor Hotel that we were talking about before the microphones were on, I think they have one that spells listen or maybe I have those two back. Mine spells mama. <laughs> mama. mama. Uh, because I think the best, uh, the, the best icon for doing uh, customer 